I would like to just list what we did and what the Stones did two months after on every fucking album. Every fucking thing we did, Mick does exactly the same. He imitates us. And I would like one of you fucking underground people to point it out, said John Lennon in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine in 1970. Perhaps Lennon just wasn't looking at the right sources, because critics were definitely ripping into the Rolling Stones every time they did something similar to the Beatles. In 1965, the Stones were accused of copying the Beatles simply for also using a sitar on their track. It is true that Rolling Stones guitarist Brian Jones had a conversation with Beatles guitarist George Harrison that convinced Jones to invest more time into playing the sitar. However, Jones was already experienced with the instrument, having studied under Harihar Rao, a student of Ravi Shankar, and several rock and roll musicians and groups were experimenting with Eastern influences at the time, leading to the development of the subgenre Ragga Rock. It was Jones's melodic improvisation on the sitar, combined with the juggernaut songwriting combo that was Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, which set the bases for this smash hit single. The initial track the band put together was a slow, plotting piece that they almost threw out. Quote, what made the song was Bill Wyman on the organ, because it didn't sound anything like the finished record until Bill said, you go like this, said Keith Richards. Bassist Bill Wyman was trying to get a heavier sound by playing a Hammond organ, and his fucking around inspired a more up-tempo interpretation based around an eastern pentatonic progression. The end result was the hit we all know today, although Richards initially believed that the track had been over-recorded. Today, the Stones' 1965 single is known for possibly being the first recorded example of a fretless bass guitar, and for hitting number one in the U.S. and the U.K., getting inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2018, ranking number 213 on at least one version of Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list, and being listed as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll, according to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But contemporary critics didn't give a shit about fretless basses. They cared about the sitar, calling it derivative of the Beatles' Norwegian wood, and the title, which, due to an unfortunate typo made by someone at Decca Records, featured a comma that caused some to interpret the title as a command directed towards a black person. That's right, we're talking the Rolling Stones, Paint It Black, on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is never to come back. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my newborn co-host. <laughs> Alex Mildenberg. I can't sound newborn today. I'm too sick. <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're near death. Uh, I'm Alex. I just got born yesterday. You could be like the hey, baby in... Uh, I'm a baby. Yeah. like I'm a boss like, baby. I haven't seen yeah. that. That's what boss baby's about. No, right? boss baby sounds like Alec Baldwin, but there is the baby in hey. Who Framed Roger Rabbit who has like the exact voice you're doing. Yeah. I'm a baby. I'm smoking a, a cigar. Exactly. I'm puffing on a cigar. I'm playing poker and stuff. There's probably... Phenomenal probably work. surrounded by sex workers or something because uh, that's what I do. That's it's a good yeah it's a good juxtaposition. Uh, I'm a philanderer. Alex, you're you are a philanderer and you are sick. Uh, I'm mostly recovered, but I definitely recovered. sound different. Yeah, so this isn't we're not pulling a trick on you. We didn't like Aunt Vivia. We didn't pull in a new <laughs> actor for Alex. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no uh, new yeah. no no new actor portraying the Alex role. The Alex it's role still knows. just me portraying. Still just the Alex you. Role. Um, so you got, you got the vid. I got the vid? What? The COVID. Yeah. I got COVID. <laughs> I hadn't had COVID before. Um, I got it. I found it. I had it. Uh, it wasn't great. 
No. Didn't like it. Are you due for a, a shot? Yeah, a shot yeah. of the oh, Isn't that the worst that you're like, oh, maybe if, uh, maybe well, if I had had earlier. my, if I had been boosted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was putting it off because I was like, oh, it's going to, because I always get the booster and it like takes me out for like a day. Uh-huh. So I was like, I got to time it right. But now I think that I've had it that they recommend you wait. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably right. Might have to double check that, but I've been holed up for the last several days, so the world outside yeah. is a mystery now. It's more a mystery. than usual. Fair enough. Um, what isn't a mystery is that we're once again talking about Ragnarok, Alex. Oh yeah, we sure are, and we have a couple times. We talked about Eight Miles High. Yep. Um, like we this was earlier the... this year, but like the spring, yeah. I think. Um, spring. We also talked about Heartful of Soul. That's right. Um, a while back, and. Uh, it's basically like it's rock and roll. It's got some 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 Eastern influences. They usually say, which is like mm-hmm. sitar mostly. Yeah, sometimes it's like on this one. They're like, oh, there's a pentatonic progression <clears throat> that is more like Indian style, um, right. and sometimes the uh, the percussion is. Uh, at yeah, least you get like a tabla a standard or whatever. Kit. Yeah, tabla. Uh, on this one, you've got other. castanets, which aren't like necessarily yeah. Eastern, but they're not a drum kit. So it's, right. It sounds a bit different, and people say, ah, cool, raga. Yeah, they say raga, man, raga. Raga. And that's what this is. It's funny hearing the criticisms of, like, yeah. ah, this is, he was like, this song sounds nothing like Norwegian Wood. No, they I just both have a sitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy to have them listen to this. It's like, and they're like, yeah, this sounds exactly like Norwegian Wood. <laughs> Like, maybe not. Um, although it is funny. And, yeah, I think it's easy to make that criticism of the Stones of, like, they they do follow trends a lot of the time. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, back then, in particular, nowadays, they're not relevant enough to follow trends. But they do have a song with Lady Gaga. They do have a song with Lady Gaga. I would say, if anything, their most recent album, Hackney Diamonds, I believe it's called, yeah. is uh, almost sounds like... like mid aughts rock oh yeah yeah it's like uh i don't know maybe it's just because like the rolling stones don't typically release new original albums all that often right but like there's there's something off about it but like you noted quite high energy for a, a band of like a thousand years old <laughs> yeah i would like to go back to it i did i listened to it a bit um mm-hmm. but yeah like they come out like screaming which is not yeah. that common for septuagenarian rock and roll groups. No. You know, there's often some slowing down. Even ones that do still have energy don't have like that level of energy. Like I'm thinking of like Springsteen. You know, there's energy in in Letter to You, you know. It's yeah. not like he's just sitting back the whole time, but it's not this like rock and roll same rock and Yeah, roll he's not trying to do like movie. 60s blues music. Yeah. Which is ultimately, I think, still what the Rolling Stones are trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... strange, but yeah. Yeah. The Stones are such an interesting thing. Like, I like some Rolling Stones songs, but I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. I'm, like, a huge Rolling Stones fan specifically. To the point where I'm always, like... Like, there's the... Oh, is the Beatles or the Stones comparison? I'm always, like, what... Why why is that even a comparison you're making? First of all, of course it's the Beatles. And second of all, like why is the Stones the second one in your in your list? But uh that's just me. Yeah, it is interesting cuz they are like contemporaries. The Stones are 2 yeah. years after the Beatles get together. 
it's the Beatles are 1960, Rolling Stones 1962, and they both are like big headers in the British invasion, right? It's like two massive bands and both like technically rock and roll. Yeah. But those paths diverge so vastly. I mean, even this is like Eastern influence, but not nearly to the same degree that we'll see the Beatles go with that and reach out towards the psychedelic and go down that route. Yeah. Every like Rolling Stones track you know and love is like just blues rock taken to the nth degree. Yeah, and I always um I mean always I already kind of alluded to this, but like I would consider the Beatles to be the trendsetters over over the Stones. Really. You and John Lennon both. And me and John Lennon both, yeah. But all that's to say, uh I still like the Rolling Stones. They're so cool. Yeah. It's um yeah I, I was just like reading an article yesterday about like whether the Beatles and the Stones actually hated each other and they just listed like every incident of when they were like acting friendly towards each other and when they were talking <laughs> shit about each other uh yeah and there is quite a few times where it's like oh we've released Sgt Pepper and then Mick Jagger's like we're gonna do it's like Satanic Majestic is I think the album yeah they That's... did I I mean if you look at the album covers they look very similar yeah to the point where I mean I don't know. I haven't checked the dates actually, but um, the uh, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention album, "We're Only in It for the Money," yes, um, is like clearly a take on like that style of album cover. Oh yeah, it's a very clear rip of uh, yeah. Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, but I'm also like, is it is he accusing the Beatles of only being in it for the money, or maybe it's more like he's accusing the Stones because they're kind of copying what the Beatles are, or like maybe. all. All of them. People who are following the trend of psychedelic rock. I don't know. Yeah. He's a pretty ornery guy. Yeah. So probably all all of the above is most likely. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a style of, of album cover and, and they definitely were a few months behind generally. Although I did check some dates and this song and eight miles high, like they were kind of recorded at the same time. Right. So probably Eight Miles High didn't influence this, but Heartful of Soul might have. Yeah. And Heartful when we talked about Eight Miles like High, they were talking about how like they're like, yeah, maybe this is the first song to have a sitar, uh, something like that. But mm-hmm. like, this is the direction music was heading, right? Yeah, like, exactly. So it's interesting because I think Eight Miles High and uh, Heartful of Soul, and there's like a Kinks track, all try to imitate a sitar noise using a electric guitar. Because at least yeah, I think yeah. it was eight miles high. No, it was Heartful of Soul. They brought in a sitar player and like couldn't and get was, it, couldn't make it work. Yeah, couldn't get the, like the sound to record well. The guy was fucking lost. He was like, oh, this this music's too western for me. Yeah, and so they they get in. Uh, is it? No, it's not Eric. It's Jeff Beck. They get in Jeff Beck, and he's like, let me just rip on this electric. Right. Yes, because it was like, um, it was like rumored to be Jimmy Page for the longest time, but like, he was mm-hmm. around but not recording. Yeah, all yeah. these old stories. Anyway. And then Norwegian Wood is like the first rock, the first Western pop track that has a sitar recorded on it. Okay, right, right, right. And so, th- and then this hits like several months later, and then that's so that's they're like, "Hey, a sitar? Who do you think you are, the Beatles?" Yeah, where it's yeah, it's funny that they're commenting on this like trend, and I'm sure our comments on trends will be similarly silly in. No, Several everything I say time. is going to stand the test of time. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I mean, you're right. We're very smart um, and measured. Yeah, it's <clears> everything I say. I'm very calculated, very professional. Yeah. Never said anything I regret. But interesting thing. 
Um, how long have you known this song? Do you do you figure? I figure <clears throat> this song, like in terms of like, it's a radio classic. It's yeah. it's probably like as far as like Rolling Stones songs go. This one is like the Rolling Stones song. This is the one where I was like, okay, this is how I recognize, even though I knew, like, I can't get no satisfaction. Like, Paint It Black is the one that was like, this is rock and roll. Rock and roll is cool. Maybe the Rolling Stones are cool. But it really got cemented into my brain with Guitar Hero 3, yeah, Legends of Rock. One. That's not yeah. where I, obviously, not where I first heard it either, but it was, mm -hmm. like, it was like this classic rock fundamental. Yeah. Uh, as much as the Stones are classic rock fundamentals, this song is definitely among their songs, a classic rock fundamental. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I was in Guitar Hero 3, so I played it a bunch in that. Hell yeah. Because it's, it's an up-tempo song, great rhythm to it. The instruments have cool and interesting tones. It's like, it's a solid piece of music. Yeah. Uh, it's got that cool sitar. It's got that ragga rock sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about the, the songwriting here, uh, the lyrics by, sure. by Jagger. And here's a weird thing. Originally credited as Jagger and Richard. Jagger Richard, not Jagger Richards. Oh, was it a typo? No. Apparently, some record exec was like, brother, it's going to be better if it's Jagger Richard. And he's like, okay. Oh, so his name was always Keith Richards with an yes. S. And someone's like, fuck that S. Yeah, he's like, get that, that S makes out your of name here. stupid. And he was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to like the Facebook him. He was like, remove the S, it's cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> and then at, at some point they went back to and everyone was like why is it one it? last name and one first name who's yeah. dick you know like who's dick and why did he put his last name first <laughs> oh dick um yeah but let's yeah, talk lyrics. about these lyrics that that jagger and dick wrote uh i see a red door and i want it painted black no colors anymore i want them to turn black yeah. Likes color black. Likes color black. <clears throat> no colors. Kind of says black isn't a color. I remember, I mean, I do consider black to be a color. Um, mm. But I remember, did, did you have this at the young age? Like, oh, okay, black and white aren't colors, though, bro. Like, they're, yeah, they're shades. shades. It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> but, like, like fine, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> I, all, all, that, like, all that, like, playground stuff of, like, how many fingers am I holding up? Oh, it's only four, bro. Thumbs not a thing. <laughs> Thumbs not a thing. Yeah, all that shit where they're like, "You're a fucking idiot." And you're like, "I guess." <laughs> I was just trying to live life. And like, all right, I guess it was a trick. Yeah, um, yeah. The the shade black. If we want to be picky about it, I guess he is here because he's saying no colors anymore. Um, Genius says that the the red door might be a reference to Episcopal churches. Yeah, know? I thought that was neat. It's like Church of England stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, um I suspect, I mean, these are guys who would have seen red doors probably a lot, if all these churches do, in fact, have red doors. Why? Oh, fuck. <coughs> Sorry. Um, it's all good, man. I'm hoping to be able to talk for some period of time without coughing. Hey, you'll manage. <sighs> yeah, it seems like if it is, as Genius states here, like a, a staple of the Church of England. And then I think it ties in with, especially verse two, which I had never thought about until this week, but it seems to be pretty clearly about a funeral. So, like, piecing that together, it's like, okay, yeah, this is about the death of someone close to the narrator. Yeah, which I never really put together before, but um, it's about loss. 
you know yeah. and it's about sort of the the reaction the how the narrator feels about that and, yeah. and the way they feel about that is they want everything like black of course is the color of mourning yeah not like for not like like the time of day not like, like the being time sad of day, but yeah um and they kind of want just wish everything would kind of well, like go away, like leave them alone, and also be like black. Like they just want everything to be a part of this mourning kind of. Yeah, it's the, like <clears throat> now that this person is gone, there everything is dark to me, and that should be reflected. My internal state should be reflected in the outer world. Yeah, and like it brings up. I mean, you do we did the first half of that half of that verse, and then the second half. Mm-hmm. I see the girls walk by dressed in their summer clothes. I have to turn my head until my darkness goes. Yeah, I I mean, it's bright things, right? Bright things yes. are a problem because they are sort of the opposite of this this morning. They don't want to leave this this morning phase. Although I was never sure about that line. I always kind of thought it was like lecherous. Yeah, I thought he was just horny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why he was like, I have to, because it's weird because... In the first half, he's like, I want everything to be black. And then the second half of the verse, he's like, I have to turn my head until the darkness leaves. It's like, well, what do you... Pick a lane, brother. Do you want everything dark or not? But it seems like... It's kind of almost contradictory of like, I want everything to be in mourning so I don't have to think about like how things were before, maybe. Like, the, Mm -hmm. the saddest part is not that they're gone. It's that the thing... The way things were before, they won't be anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there is some of that. It's like this loss. <clears throat> he's dealing with, yeah, this loss of a person. He's seeing maybe, because you could, I'm assuming it's a woman who's passed. Yeah. Because he calls them my love, and it's, it's 1965. Yeah. Mick Jagger's not sleeping with David Bowie yet. Yes. So, it, so, yeah, seeing girls walk by in their summer clothes. One, it's the bright clothes. Two, it's seeing women. He's like, oh, no, I used to have a woman. And then, so he's got to, like, not focus on that. That's the darkness. He's like, I can't think I'm trying to, like, dissociate, trying to just mm-hmm. be generally malaise instead of specifically. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but what happens next? He sees a line of cars, and they're all painted black. With flowers and my love both never to come back, I see people turn their heads and quickly look away like a newborn baby. It just happens every day. Yeah, so, I mean, now we get the introduction of basically what seems to be a funeral procession, mm-hmm. right? Black cars. Um, <clears throat> they have, yeah, I never really made the connection of, there's a line of cars that are black. They have flowers and my love. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I that? always took, like, my love more, like, figuratively. He's just like... Yeah, me too. And I always thought it was <clears throat> kind of, like, it generally seems to be about a person closing off to the world, right? Right. So his, like, love, his ability to love is leaving him versus the literal of, like, there's literally, and also kind of figuratively here, like, there's this this thing that's taking the love away. <laughs> yeah. It's so clearly, because, like, it, it, yeah, otherwise, why is with flowers there? It's like, okay, there's something specific about flowers never returning and dying. It's like, okay. I thought maybe, like, the line of cars was just, like, oh, people like the color black in the year yeah. <laughs> 1965. Like, you could see a row of black cars. Yeah. London in, in the 60s, famously not colorful. Yeah. But, no, it, it does seem to be about a funeral procession. And then that comes in again with these people who turn their heads and quickly look away. Because they're, like, they're looking at this guy because they, like, feel bad for him. But then if he looks back, they're like, oh, shit, I can't. 
can't deal with this. Sorry, sorry, bro. Like, not gonna look at you. So we both like he experiences like a distance of sympathy. Like nobody's actually coming right. to help him. But yeah, and it's like like they see it happening, but they don't mm-hmm. engage, and they're they're separate. And it also like people don't like in the last line comparing it to the newborn baby is kind of cool. One, it's you get your juxtaposition right, birth and death. Yeah, life and death. And and just the sort of dissociation of like ah, it's just a per like to them it's just another person who died versus to him it's very personal. Yeah, exactly. And surely if they're at this funeral, like, they must care about this person somewhat. Yeah, or they're still in the procession and it's just people on the street. Oh, could be, yeah. I don't know. But, like, they don't want to make eye contact because they don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. They're just letting it happen. Which is kind of, I mean, kind of reminds me of 8 Miles High, actually, where they talk about, like, the isolated pockets of of society. Yeah, yeah. And, like, people not wanting to engage with, with other groups yeah them landing in london and being like jesus i sure hope we can make a connection here and then they can't so yeah so that is similar isolation yeah and then he further isolates himself by looking inside i look inside myself and see my heart is black i see my red door i must have it painted black maybe then i'll fade away and not have to face the facts it's not easy facing up when your whole world is black. Yeah, so he owns a church, I think is what. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> that's he's got he a red door. It's his church, yeah. Yeah. So it's um, like a metaphorical red door. Yeah, is the door <clears throat> letting things into his heart? Is that like. Is it the door that opens his heart up to let other people in? Yeah. I think, I think yeah, in some term, it is the, the barrier between his inner self. In the outer world, whether that's to his heart, to his brain, whatever, like, fucking part you want to attribute it to. Yeah, it is, like, his, the connection point yeah. between him and the rest of the world. Yeah, and I like, so one thing I like about the the constant, they're just constantly like, this has got to be black. This has got to be black. This has got to mm-hmm. be black. Talking about just, like, they don't ever say, like, I want to shut out the light or anything like that. They don't say, like, paint my windows black. Right. You know, but I still get that impression of like just making everything dark. I mean, he does eventually call for the sun to be blotted out. He does call for the sun to be blotted that's out. That's in the, the outro where we're just kind of screaming shit and we've kind of, we've hit the point. That's but true. you're right. Like here he's like, it's the door I'm painting black. My heart is black. These cars are black. It's, yeah, it's more like a reflection in the world around him than it is like, I'm going to tuck myself into a space and blot out the windows or whatever. You're mm-hmm. right. It is, is a little... <clears throat> more fanciful than that a little more poetic than just being like hey i'm gonna paint these windows black did you get it yeah but we also establish here that they don't want to face the truth face yes the facts they just want to fade away and i mean i feel like i can relate to that of like if there's a problem happen or like difficulty or you know whatever bad thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> i've been like maybe if i ignore it yeah and don't do anything it, it'll just associate a bit it'll go yeah. <clears throat> But, of course not. But And, of course, this black, painting everything black is, of course, not helping with anything. Yeah, um, he even says it's not easy facing up when your whole world is black. Yeah. It's like, well, even as much as I want things to be black, it's like, it's not good. Shut <laughs> everything know it's out. not good. Seems like a good idea, but it doesn't help. No. Um, we got a couple of different colors, though, in verse four. We do. No more will my green sea go turn a deeper blue. I could not foresee this thing happening to you. 
what the, what's this shit about green and blue? Um, not a hundred percent sure, honestly. What is the what is the implication of a of a green sea versus a blue sea? That's what I was wondering too. Maybe he's um, just talking about simply the phenomenon of changing colors. So maybe it's if we don't look too deeply into what green and blue symbolize, so much as the fact that they are not black. Okay. So okay. it's just he's just saying here like no longer is there going to be any shift in colors in my life. Or is green like a shallower part of the water, and then blue is like a deeper part of the water? I, you know, I'm not sure, but I mean, like, yeah, he does say. So, deep like, I'm blue. not going to to examine these depths anymore. Kind of, I don't know. Maybe. What is green sea? A seawater which travels. Okay. What are the green seas? Okay, he's talking about algae. Maybe that's. I don't he's know. He's talking about phytoplankton, <clears throat> my man. It also seems like, <laughs> I mean, in the back half of this, right? We got that mm-hmm. could not foresee this thing happening to you, which seems like a pretty straightforward line, right? It's like, yeah. I didn't expect this to happen. Well, yeah, okay. Yes, um, this death is unexpected. Yeah. Um, if I look hard enough into the setting sun, my love will laugh with me before the morning comes. Now, I don't know. Ex- I can't get a total read on the looking into the sun thing. Um, but the love... The the final two lines of my love will laugh with me before the morning comes, or the final line, mm-hmm. um, really sounds like the idea of being with your love who is dead is like, okay, let's slow down and not get too much into suicide. But also, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, there is a, bit, a setting sun, of course. Uh, you know, the sun, we use that as a metaphor for dying sometimes. True. The sun has set on this. And it's also the, the, this is the last bit of brightness, right? He's talking about going to all black. And so he's like, if I look hard enough into this, the last fucking moment of light, I will have a brief interaction with my love before, you know, the morning comes, he says, which is like, they've spelt it here as the time of day, but could be, could be a play on words. Could be the other thing that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Is the the color of the sea dependent on like the angle of the sun? So you're like, I was thinking about that too, but I think we won't have another like sunset sun. You're not going to have green-blue as your dominant colors, right? I'm looking at some pictures of the Sunset Sea. It's more, you're getting a lot more blue-orange than yeah, you are you getting. Yeah, get orangey stuff. I don't know. Man. Yeah. Anyway. It may be, because um, I've, I've, I was reading that, like, like kind of like what you said, further out in the ocean is blue, closer to the shore is green. Yeah. He's like, he's not making any more journeys out. He is, he's shutting up. He's isolating. He's going inwards. No more will the world around right. him go from a green to a deeper blue as he explores and enjoys life. Because he's, he's shutting things off. He will not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Believe that. Yeah. But he's, he's taking the, um, Genius also says for looking into the sun that it can blind you. Yeah. So it could be. They also think it could be a reference to the Japanese Empire Land of the Rising Sun. Uh, this is the craziest thing they write. This, this can also be a reference to the Japanese <clears throat> Empire Land of the Rising Sun. It's talking about how the Japanese didn't give up until the threat of nuclear destruction. Oh right, I, don't I forgot. This is a so. World War Two song. Yeah, I forgot that this song was about World War Two. Yeah, that's it. That's it for sure. Fucking. So painting things black man. is actually the nuclear bomb. That's right. It's it's, uh, it's uh, blotting out the sun from the sky. That's right with yeah with, with nuclear. nukes. Yeah, 
Yep, 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 yep. With yep. another son. That's right. Um, my love will laugh before. Yeah, so it's, again, it's him being like, I'm isolating. There is maybe a brief moment where I can um, imagine and remember what it's like to laugh with my love before reality sets in that she's she dead. Yeah. Uh, we get a repetition of verse one, and then he says, I want to see it painted, painted black, black as night, black as coal. I want to see the sun blotted out from the sky. I want to see it painted, 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 painted black, yeah. Yeah, so there's the first time he actually talks about, like, light directly. Yeah. Uh, like you said. But, yeah, it's very um, very focused on that making everything black thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's got, like, a laser focus on this song. I think it's part of what makes the, the lyrics so strong is, like, this is the name of the song is Painted Black, no comma, and this is what it's about. It's about wanting things to be black, and that reflects. It's, it's very straightforward. Yeah, because he feels bad he feels bad weird thing though uh i watched the official lyric video for this oh and they got the, they got the lyrics on the outro wrong oh what do they say they say in the the in the the wrong lyrics here they say i want to see your face painted black black as night black as coal don't want to see the sun fuck what the fuck did it say after that i don't know it might have said like black it out or something but it was it was weird it was incorrect official lyric video eh? Yeah, official lyric video was incorrect lyrics. Like I listened because I was like, maybe, maybe this is another the Who situation, and Paint of Black's actually about agriculture. But it no, does happen sometimes. <laughs> it does happen, <laughs> but not here, not this time. Uh, but that's the song. That's the lyrics. What does it sound like, Alex? It sounds like. Yeah, that's your, there's your riff right there. Very cool. Yeah. So is that intro? It doesn't intro, seem to actually is... be on a sitar, but it has a no. real sitar-like sound. So it is a guitar. It's Keith Richards playing that. Yeah. I saw a quote somewhere where somebody was like, every time we play this song live, we're always like, fuck, is Keith going to remember how the intro goes? <laughs> <laughs> he do- I did see a live version where he doesn't like play it exactly the same. Right. And <laughs> I would believe that. that. Said I don't remember. This is one of the quotes where I was like, I'll never bring that up. And then here I am bringing that up. So... <laughs> But yeah, that is that is something there. But yeah, you get this kind of just like taste. It's like a like a sampler of what is to come. Down, 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 down. Yeah, and it's a real little. cool intro too, because and then it gets that like more complex bit at the end when it goes like, you know, a lot of notes. Yeah, yeah, that's just like a Keith Richards flex, being like, look what I can do. Like, look, I'm pretty good, and like making it sound <coughs> sitar like. Yeah, and then there is sitar in this. Yes. But it's like rhythm, basically, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind for the, the most background. part. It's kind of in the background. It was I was listening to it because I was like, honestly, I didn't even think of this song as being a sitar song until this week. No, the sitar, I mean, it was significant then because it was like this trend thing and people commented mm-hmm. on it. But like, it's not that big a deal nowadays. Yeah, just like to me, and maybe because I was exposed to it so young, I was like, sure, a guitar can make that noise. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't it, it be able to? It can. And it can. Um, um, but it can't make the noise of those big-ass drums. Yeah, very cool. Um, very, like, solid hits on those drums. Really coming in the left channel. Yes. Dum, 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 dum. And then you get this, like, backbeat strum. <clears throat> yeah. Which, like, is that a guitar? Is that the sitar? 
I'm that, not sure. Because honestly, strumming the, the sitar. Fretless like, bass. Is that the fretless bass strumming like a guitar? Maybe. No, that strum, I think, is the sitar, that one that comes in on the right channel. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but that, yeah. that one in the left channel there oh. may honestly be the bass. Okay. Let me see. Because the one on the right is very think... clearly the sitar. Okay. Or not that one, like the the backbeat strum. I think that might be the. the I think that, bass. I think it's happening with. I think there is a bass on it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a guitar strumming as well. They say you can hear the bass at the end of vocal lines. This is where you can you can really tell the fretless quality of it apparently because yeah. it goes up a little higher on the neck. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. that's bass doing that whole rhythm section there. <clears throat> All right, doing what is if it was western, if it was full western, it would be like a polka rhythm, but is <laughs> somehow whether it's the tempo or the 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 like the pentatonic scale they're playing in or something, it definitely comes off as like eastern influence, Indian influence. Yeah, uh, that that's definitely there, and and uh, for sure, I just. It's very interesting because they sort of split everything up. Like we talked about it, it's verses, right? There's no like chorus. Yeah, it's very interesting because it's just like A B verses. Yeah, each verse is like split in half in in like mm-hmm. an A section and B section. So like you get that A section where it's very tense, um, and then you get that that real like strong backbeat, um, yeah, accent, and then. Uh, you know, you get the sitar and the vocals, and they're doing that bam, 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 nan, 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 like the melody, um, and then after just it's like two lines of each, right? And then it yeah, goes into like... the B section, where it's like it feels. I mean, functionally, it's similar to a chorus, right? Like yeah. it, it's it's the sort of tension release. Yeah, there's just different lyrics each time. And then like the like you don't have that backbeat accent. The the you get like the big cymbals crash in. Uh, this mm-hmm. is Charlie Watts too. We talked about Charlie Watts a while. That's back. right, Charlie Watts. Rest um, in peace. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <coughs> and then like the more like guitar, electric guitar sounding like riff. Yeah. If you really want to break it down, the difference between like verse the the A half of the verse, the first half, and the B half is like verse A raga, verse B rock. Yeah. Yeah. Raga rock. It's right there, baby. <laughs> it's right there. Um, this was also the point where I realized. That the the part that sounded like a sitar, like the riff part, was probably mm-hmm. not a sitar because it sounded exactly like the electric guitar riff in the other right. half. So I was like, okay, either they made the guitar and the the sitar sound exactly the same, mm-hmm. or it's just an electric guitar that sounds like a sitar, <laughs> uh, which it seems to be for a lot of it. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's an interesting thing. So you're saying so wait, like the one that plays in the verse A that's doing the bam 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 bam, that's still electric guitar? I think so because they sound the same and like there's a video I saw which mm-hmm. is them playing it in like 66. And like if you look at who's playing what. Like Keith Richards is doing is like riffing. Mhm. And like if you look at the sitar, he's just like lightly strumming. Like slow, okay. like the whole time. So then it's just so it's just like ah okay. So it is like that. It gets Ba-ling. a little riffy later on, I think. Ba-ling. Yeah, Ba-ling. that bit is the sitar. 
Because honestly, like, I'm watching the sitar get played, and he's, like, doing stuff with his hands. I'm like, that's not in the music. <laughs> right. He's just, wait, did they turn his mic down? I don't know. Um, so I don't know exactly what's going on. But I do think a lot of the things that sound like a sitar are not really a sitar. But that mm. could also, it could be different in the recording. And maybe it they could, do have yeah. an electric guitar that sounds the same as the sitar. Right. Because one thing <clears throat> Keith Richards talks about with the sitar and specifically what it could do um, is the bending of notes. Okay. He says, um, we found the sitar fitted perfectly. We tried a guitar, but you can't bend it enough. So I think anytime you're hearing a, like a bend there, my like other real thought is, bend. that's a real big bend, is that a sitar probably doesn't play as well in an arena compared to an electric guitar. True. This, live, this 66 isn't, it's more like a TV performance, mm. I think. Even but it then, might, like, they might not have. It's unclear. Like, because then I mean, later on, yeah. it like has random other live performance footage, so it might just be the original recording with some live footage. I I don't know. Right, and they're just they're like an early music video. Yeah, it's. I'm just like like Keith Richards talking about sitars. He says we were in Fiji for about three days. They make sitars and all sorts of Indian stuff. Sitars are made out of watermelons or pumpkins or something smashed, so they go hard. <laughs> they're very brittle, and you have to be careful how you handle them. So I'm like wondering if. In a live context, it's just very difficult to to bring out what you can bring out in the studio. Right, yeah, and they don't, like, none of the modern live performances have a sitar, right? Like, right. it's all guitar stuff, so. Yeah, and so I'm wondering if, like, I think the, the B half of the verse, the sort of chorus part, is guitar. Yeah. I agree there that that sounds like an electric guitar. But the other part could be sitar. I stuff. think... Especially, yeah, just because you can hear some of that. It really has like, a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> Which I was really impressed that they could create that in '66 mm -hmm. with effects. Like that's pretty early for that yeah. kind of stuff. So I don't know, man. And I, I think and I mean you you have yeah. a you have a good argument. It's because otherwise, where's the sitar and who's why exactly? Are, like, why, why is it are such we a big deal? There's a sitar <laughs> if there's not a sitar, right? Mm -hmm. So. That makes the most sense for a lot of reasons. Yeah, and like we've said, like people at this <clears throat> point have already been able to to mimic a sitar tone with an electric guitar. So it's not outlandish yep. for Keith Richards to lock in his guitar to that sound. So when you transition from A to B, that like most of it sounds the same. It's just like there's something about like the I don't know if it's the attack or the the tail on it, but something about it says guitar instead of sitar. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it sounds like an electric guitar, man. It does, for sure, on that behalf. I don't think, I don't, I don't even know if you could hit a sitar that hard, like, to be frank. Like, knocking chords like that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just like the same tone, but it stops sounding like a sitar. Yeah. Um, what else happens? They do a lot, a couple of those A-B sections, because that's what all the verses do, essentially. That um, is, like, the majority of this <clears> song. We should talk about Mick Jagger's They bring a tambourine in. That's important. Yes, tambourine's important. That's all that's important. There's a tambourine. Comes there in. is a tambo, and that's what matters. Yeah. Um, no, what I about like the, sh the shift from A to B. I think it does <clears throat> a great job of conveying the sort of tortured emotions of this narrator character. Because your A half, he's very, it's tense, but it's also like quiet compared to the, the release of energy we get in B. I see you painted black. And then we go to, I see you. It's like, mm, yeah, get some of that That's anger true. out there. That's true. It's a good delivery. 
It's good. It's like this is rock and roll. And like, like it matches that energy. It's pretty cool. It's good. And yeah, I think Mick Jagger, he's got some solid rock and roll vocals. He's yeah. he's he's one of the, you know, one of the greats. Yeah. I think it's worth pointing out. But yeah, you're right. We do a lot of ABAB. We um, add some it does, tambourine. There's a breakdown too. Like once you get to the fourth verse, yeah. The, no more will my green sea go turn to deeper no more blue. Whatever my that means. Green sea go turn to deeper blue. It does like a breakdown at that point, which is pretty cool. Um, yes. It's really just tambourine or are those castanets? It might be the castanets. I think there is tambourine on this as well. Let me check the the, the old credits here. Uh, there's maracas and cowbell. Okay, There's tambourine and castanets. That's your auxiliary percussion. So they're all there. Could be they're any of them. All there. Could be any fucking one. Of them. <laughs> I would always think of tambourine first. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. There's also a clicking sound that I thought were finger snaps. Maybe that's castanets. That could be the castanet. Oh no, it sounds like finger snap though. I don't know, man. Okay, hang on. Who's credited with finger snaps here? I'm not. <laughs> not no, seeing it. Who, let's check that. Um, that personnel list. Um. The other cool thing, um, like you said, uh, really cool, like firing into that sec that B section. So you yes. get like some drums, like leading it a bit for like a mm-hmm. couple counts, which is really cool. Um, cool sound, and then gets into the maybe then I'll fade away and not have to. No, the other one. Um, if I look hard yep. enough, if I look hard enough. Um, so I like that transition in particular, although it is always. It's good and all of them. It's all yeah, but that's the breakdown to then that so it gives you the biggest shift, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's good. And that is like theoretically that's the climax of the song, right? He's, yeah. he's telling us this weird fucking green oh, scene. Oh, the metaphor. outro gets pretty intense too. That's true, yeah. Um, that's yeah, like the end of the story, because after that he we get right, a repetition of verse one, which I guess this is almost like, like story-wise, we're almost like he brings us in like midpoint, right? Media res. He's like, man, I can't look at women in summer clothes. We're like, that's fucking weird. Can you tell us why? He's like, well, it goes like, like well. this. <laughs> and then we go back to that point. And then you're like, okay, I now understand the pain this man is going through. Yeah. And then he, we rip off from there to your, yeah, your outro, your conclusion, which is that he wants to see everything painted black. Yeah, outro's cool, though. I mean... Yes. Um, the stuff it's got in there. They do the like humming. They hum the. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, the melody, which is a cool sound. Yes. Um, and then the drums doing their pop, 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 pop thing. Um, back on that uh, backbeat accent. This is also where you really get the organ. Yes. That was another one where I was like, where the fuck is <laughs> the Hammond organ on this? Um, and then this is like. Mm. Mm, like revving mm, sound. Mm. Yeah, that's like it is a heavy bass noise he gets out there. Um, the drums, like marching rhythm kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on here in the outro. And the other thing about the outro is like it kind of sounds like he's ad libbing, but it also really doesn't seem like he's ad libbing. Yeah, it's like just the right amount of both. Yeah. So cool. Because you're like, okay, yeah, he's going to say paint it black a lot. And then he drops this line about the sun. And you're like, well, that feels written. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, mm-hmm. it fits too well. It does not rhyme, though. No. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, nothing rhymes in that last. I want to see paint it, paint it black, black as night, black as coal. Like, those I can see being improvised. And then he's like, here's a song about 
blotting the sun out. Yeah. Like, we had this one of the line. We couldn't fit it anywhere, so I'm just going to shout yeah. it out. Or and it sounds it cool. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool structure. Uh, there's not much downtime either, right? No. Like, this is, I mean, it's also, it's pretty early, right? 66. Yeah. So, this is, like, kind of before the big, like, guitar solo era. Mm-hmm. So, we don't have, like, big guitar solos and stuff like that everywhere. Um uh, the structure, uh, so a lot of these older hits, you get kind of an interesting structure because it was before some of the conventions were established. So getting right. this like no chorus repetition of verses that each have two sections sort of thing, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. You don't see that as very often. These no, days, you really right? don't. <clears throat> um, and yeah, it's just like, it's so evocative just because it's like constantly talking about like making everything black and shutting everything out. I feel like you get an idea of what it means, even without like the story coming through. Although yeah. the story is fairly straightforward. If the, you the emotion, if nothing yeah. else comes through, even if you don't pick <clears throat> up that it's a funeral and a death or whatever, you pick up on his emotional state and the way it's warped his world perception where he's like, yeah. I now am embracing the darkness. Yeah. It's so goth. It's yeah. It's a very edge Lord. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's very effective, I think, cool musically, song, and yeah, you're doing things that you don't see. It's very cool. Like coming into this this week, I was like, yeah, Paint of Black. It's kind of overplayed. Like, I guess we'll talk about it, but it's it's a pretty fucking solid song. It's, it's shaped rock and roll, you could argue. Yeah, this is the first song that had a sitar. No, uh, <laughs> first good song with a sitar in it. No, got him. Take that, Norwegian window. <laughs> Take that, Beatles. I feel like. I mean, look, I, I, I'm into Norwegian wood as much as the next guy, but mm-hmm. like, it gets brought up more f- for the trivia, I think, than for like, hey, that Norwegian wood's a pretty good song. Yeah, know? I never hear somebody go like, dude, Norwegian wood, fuck Norwegian it. wood, very important to like world music development, yeah. and like one of the first songs to use a, or first Western song, pop songs to include a sitar, but not like. Best Beatles song ever written. No. Although there's some pretty stiff competition there, so. That's, yeah. There was a ton, a ton, a ton of good Beatles songs. Um, I also find it crazy that, like, I only found out about the fretless bass thing, which seems like a huge breakthrough. You'd think, For, like, Western music. Only, like, I caught a YouTube short about it, and this guy was like, (laughs) yeah, turns out (laughs) Bill Wyman, like, made a fretless bass by accident and then recorded it because it sounded good. And I was like, what? People really don't give a shit about bass guitars, huh? Like, I know. Why are well, we not I talking mean, about that? I think there was just a much different attitude towards modification and things like that mm. at the time. Because nowadays, I don't know. It's not that things are more expensive. The, the numbers are higher, but I think with inflation, they're not necessarily more expensive. Um, right. But I think people were more willing to just try to like fuck around with things. You know? That's for sure. Yeah. Now it is like, no, I need to take it to a lot of what we actually. have now. Yeah. Take it to pro. Make and sure they'll fix it, it right. and make it as good as new. It's like you're, you're too. You're, we're often, I think, to um, well, a combination of some level of obsession with like it being pristine, mm. you know, and also things are just more complicated, so it's harder to work with them. That's Which true I mean, that that's yeah. true of like cars and stuff, and to a degree, instruments, but maybe not. As yeah, much. I think you can find ways to be simpler. <clears> yeah, in because in of, the electronics and yeah. in instruments haven't changed like that much. They're just smaller. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so many of these like solutions, oh, I want this kind of noise. 
I, I get this thing. That, yeah. That make like this we stabbed noise box. the amp with a screwdriver. It sounds good now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're like, all right. This seems barbaric, but <laughs> if it stops working, we jiggle the screwdriver a bit. <laughs> yeah, and hope for the Sometimes best. Sometimes we get shocked. It's not a big deal. We get over it. <laughs> it's fine. Honestly, it's fine. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. Hardier people back then, but you know, they're they're doing uh, the same thing we do today. They just couldn't feel it because of the leaded gasoline. Yeah, the part right. of their brain that up. would normally feel that was was dead. That was let it still out. Still is. These guys are still alive. Um, That's right. I'm doing strangely well. Doing strangely well. Yeah, they went vegan, so that that'd do it. You, you get bonus years if you go vegan. Yeah, when you it's a sign up bonus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to stick with it for at least a year, but then yeah, they give you five five bonus years. <laughs> I would do that if that was a guarantee. I yeah. might still go vegan at some point. Be vegan for yeah, it's it's not uh off the table. Yeah, it's <clears> not <throat> off the table. Not outlandish by any means. <clears throat> um, what is outlandish is that the group who made Low Rider also did a cover of Paint It Black. Yeah, in the year nineteen seventy. And War. Eric Burden. I see no red doors, but I want to paint them black. No colors in this life, boy. So this is uh, kind of a strange. So Eric Burden, mm-hmm. Burdon, whatever. He's the Burdon. guy. He was what? <laughs> I'm just putting a fake French pronunciation. Don't worry. He's the guy yeah, from the animals. He's the guy from the animals. So he sang on um, uh, "House of the Rising Sun," which is another yes. like classic rock fundamental um, mm-hmm. version. Kind of the big thing the animals did. He also with like he and some like record producer or something like put this group together. Yeah, which is to say, there was an existing group, and they basically hired them to be War, and he would be the singer, right? And I think he was only a member for like a couple years, yeah. And then they did their own thing. So all the like hits, which is basically just Lowrider, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple other songs that I don't know. Um, I think they were mostly after he left. Yeah, because there is separate credits. There is, as far as artists go, Eric Burden and War, and then there's just War. Yeah. So there's kind of it's kind of two things. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird, but uh, he was in this one. He's he's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of like stories if you read that aren't necessarily verifiable. Like supposedly right. he's the Eggman referred to in I Am oh, the Walrus, because okay. um, he told a story really, with an egg in it to John Lennon. John Lennon was like, "Uh, oh, way to go, Eggman!" Like, oh. he's the Eggman, and then apparently. So that's what he says anyway. Obviously, John Lennon can't confirm that. Um, yeah. I would also make up that story if John Lennon couldn't confirm yeah. it. <laughs> Be like, yeah, uh, me and John Lennon, we were actually really good friends. But most of his songs are about me. Yeah, the love songs. Yeah. Yeah, mostly um, those. Mostly those are about me. I'm uh, also Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. <laughs> yeah. It's not about LSD. It's about me, bro. Yeah, it's about me. I don't have the diamonds anymore. No. I had to sell them. But uh, <laughs> this is basically... Okay, so I was thinking this group, he like... This is kind of what Prince tried to do, right? But then, like, couldn't give up creative control mm. to make them their own band. Right. Uh, I don't know yeah, if that was yeah. the goal here, or if he just decided he didn't want to do it, or whatever. Yeah, or anyway, if he was it's, uh, pain it's to work with because he's the fucking Eggman. I don't know. <laughs> he's a strange guy. And this is a cover of "Painted Black" that he also did when he was with the Animals. Is it like the same? Style? No, because you get a much different uh, okay. backing band. Because this punk is rock real weird. War. This is a real weird. Um, one. the actual painted black part, the part that you could call painted black, 
mm-hmm. um, unambiguously <laughs> lasts from about 27 seconds to 1 minute 16, and it's a four-minute-long version. Yes, so it's less than a true. minute of it. You could definitely say that is a painted black cover. Yes. And the rest of it is all kinds of other stuff. Yes. We open with just strange energy on this hand drumming and a guy going, Yeah, just shouting. And like, what is he shouting? Get him up. Like, give it back. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Get it back. Get it back. Uh, it kind of, it doesn't really do the Ragnarok thing. Um, no. But, I mean, it's war. There's, like, horns, and there's a harmonica at one point. They do – they keep the A-B split when they do when they Yeah, when they black, actually do but it. But then they have, like I said, all kinds of other stuff. So they have that tension, you know. There's rapid hand drumming. The horns are swelling, and there's, like, yes. organ licks playing. And organ then they get licks. into the B section. You get more, like, rock drums, and, like, there's a harmonica playing. And then the organ and horns play, like, more consistent chords instead of their, like, swells, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have that tension release. But then, like, they just do other stuff for a while. Uh, yeah, um, And they have, like, so, so many, like, do they know the lyrics? They're just no. saying stuff. I don't think they know the lyrics. I, think I they're see just trying no best. red doors is the first thing. And I want to paint them black, yeah. No colors in this life. Go ahead yeah. and turn them black or Go back, ahead and turn maybe. Them black. Um, probably black. I see people walking by in their clothes. <laughs> I see them walking by, and my happiness goes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he says. I think you are correct. He's so wild, and like the energy they bring is so much. <laughs> yeah, like, and this is this is supposed to be the sort of like lower lower energy a part of the verse, and he's still like fucking giving her, and then he turns it up for the B half. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird. Um, he talks about the green sea. I thought he said gray seagull, but he probably says gr- gray. I think he says gray sea though. I think you might be right. I don't know. If I turn my eyes away into the setting sun, it I'll just burn my mind away until my darkness something. Yeah, he's really like just kind of like, and it's 1970. Maybe they didn't have a fucking lyric sheet. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's that hard to understand Mick Jagger especially, on this especially song. Especially this is Eric Burden. He could probably be like, hey, Mick, what'd you say in this song? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like, he probably hey, knows we, him. Yeah. You covered this with the animals. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there is Very a funny. weird energy to the, the lyrics on this. <clears throat> and there's a and bit where right. he says, like, this song, it's going to be more than all right. It's, yeah, it's going to be more than all right. Like, oh, okay. And there's a whole section where he's like inviting the darkness. He's like, come a little, come a little, come a little, come a little. Come and get it. I'm not afraid. Come and get it. Yeah. And I will smell it again. I will touch it again. And then I stopped writing them down. Yeah, it's like like you said, this is like it starts off as like a bit of painted black, and then it's just like whatever's going on in Eric Burden's head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is weird about this? <laughs> I looked up the lyrics online mm-hmm. and oftentimes with covers they just copy paste even if they're different sure yeah this one has a whole thing where it has different lyrics and they're not the ones in the song i don't know what they're from what the fuck it says I'm eric wondering. burt it says war painted black and it's like it's definitely not the ones i'm hearing and mm-hmm. there's stuff of like some of them are similar strolling by my happiness like turn it black um uh what is like what it's like when your whole world is black, when everything you see and touch turns so very, very black. Oh, baby, now I need you by my side. Like, that's not in the song. No. I didn't hear that. 
There's a lot of stuff I'm li- I'm bad, listening bad to his Im- improvisations it, now about just like we can walk and talk, walk and talk. You can touch it, you're my girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, but great energy on this, and so rich with instrumentation. Yeah. There's flutes coming in and out. You got these big horns. Yeah, there's a flute solo. Yeah, there's a flute solo. We hit a flute solo. So, like, I don't know what's going on. The end gets, like, Cuban? Yeah, like, Latin. Like, what? I don't know what inspired this. Yeah, it's... A lot of things, presumably. But, yeah, but there is a, this element else. of the narrator in the original where, like, you know, him embracing, you know, this sadness, this darkness, taking this warped perspective, getting Jokerified. Like, there is a bit of a psychotic element to him. Yeah, he's gone mad. He's but gone also, mad. Most of this is just not painted black. Yeah, that's true. But I think, like, emotionally, maybe he's still hitting that madness, but just, like, just hitting too hard on the mark, right? He's gone completely over. <laughs> That might just be true of of Eric Burden. That may just be true of the Eggman himself. And I guess it bleeds over, you know? Is he also then the inspiration for Dr. Robotnik? What? You know, Dr. Eggman. Dr. Eggman? Uh, Oh, yeah. He must be. Wow. That's that's the credit I'd be talking about. I'm like, you know, the villain from the Sonic the Hedgehog series? That's me, bro. Yeah, as portrayed by Jim Carrey, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was telling uh, Yuji Naka a story about eggs. And that's <laughs> that's what he, he came said, up yeah, with the villain. That's funny, Eggman. Get it? <laughs> I get it. He's like, what can you tell me about insider trading? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about company stock? <laughs> that's right. Eric Burden is responsible for Yuji Naka going to jail. Um, I'm responsible for keeping this podcast on the fucking rails, though, and that's why we got to talk about Ian A. Anderson in 1970. Yeah, not the guy from Jethro Tull, although I did make that mistake one time. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is because I, th- I looked up Ian Anderson stuff and I was like, that doesn't look like him, but maybe it's his album. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. very funny that he's like the Michael B. Jordan of folk music. <laughs> <laughs> he was A, then B, and then whoever, Michael C. Hall. Who's Michael yeah, Hall? Michael C. Hall. <laughs> yeah, the, the letter folks. But yeah, he's not Ian Anderson. He's Ian A. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, although he's been, he's been involved in like music production for a long time. Um, yeah, he's a magazine editor as well. He's a broadcaster, yeah. so he's kind of been in the scene. Yeah, since like at least the seventies. Yeah, and if you want to talk about like, if you want to talk about Beatles and the Stones, you want to talk about Painted Black and Norwegian Wood. This is like the Norwegian Wood version of Painted Black. <laughs> yeah, it is. It sounds very Beatles. In fact, it more reminds me of the Beatles song "Don't Pass Me By." Mm. Um, there are parts that seem lifted directly from Don't Pass Me By. Yeah, I can hear that a bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, Because he sets up the, the dun, intro dun, 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 and then doubles it and then he hits this this next section that is, yeah, is very much like that. Um, Yeah, this is interesting, I think. Yeah, it doesn't really have the same vibe. It Not really at all. It changes the mood. But it sort of has this... This sounds kind of neat because it's like a little bit country and a little like yeah. English folk. So it's a little like, it kind of makes me think of both. Although it's probably just, it's probably just like straight, like 
like European. Straight European folk with like, because I, I mentioned that the, the rhythm in the original could be polka and this one at 100% is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and like jangly, it's so jangly yes. and it does the oompa stuff. Where it's like, it's like jolly folk music yeah or flighty he sounds flighty a little donovan in there in in his delivery just a little bit for sure uh who's like more folk side too um and then like as he sings like the bass follows him um and he doesn't really have that a b separation because he never really builds that tension in the same way yeah he's uh a strange one it just it, yeah it does all just kind of flow it's not really easy to pick out sections yeah but it's so beatlesy yeah it's very beatlesy um and then he he has like a little added bit he does about seeing your face and painting it black yeah i see your face i'll paint it black and then repeats it like a lot yeah i see your face <laughs> i see your face i paint and i'm like i don't know if we should be doing blackface Ian yeah. anderson all right i know it's 1970 maybe you didn't know maybe you're you British. didn't know but and Your i don't even think find that's out like... until like a couple years ago yeah i don't think that's the implication either he but like it's still <laughs> a little weird to be like i'm gonna paint your face black it's like, let's not do yeah. that but he wants to paint everything black that's true yeah so pick anything else <laughs> yeah <laughs> pick anything that isn't a face to focus on um, but yeah, and it's just a lot of that, like, acoustic, like, jangly acoustic guitar. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's a little bit of, a, like, a country jamboree, like you said. It's, yeah. like, heavily folk. And then, like, there's something, again, like, a bit of unsettling about it. This dude being all chipper and be like, I'd like to paint things black. My love sad. is dead. I'm very sad. Paint it black. You're like, this dude is unwell. I should keep my distance from him. And where Alex would be more distant than the, the far-off land of New Zealand. 1979, we're talking Mother Goose. I see a red door and I want it painted black. No colors anymore, I want them painted black. I see the girls walk by. Yeah, not the Jethro Tull song. Not the Jethro Tull song. Yeah, um, sorry, I was trying to depressurize because I blew my nose and now my ears are all pressurized. Okay, I see, I understand you. No, we're going to get you through this, Alex. You're going to live through this episode. Um, so these guys were formed in Dunedin in 1975. Uh, they had a hit novelty song called Baked Beans. Yeah, I've not heard of it. Did you ask Greta about it? I did ask Greta. She's not heard of it. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then, so they had this hit song and then nobody wanted their actual like rock and roll. Cause they're like, you guys are just the, <laughs> the baked bean guys. Yeah. They're kind of like a novelty act apparently. And they really have mm -hmm. like a theatrical thing going on. But, uh, oh, also apparently they, um, uh, cold chisel men at work <gasps> and midnight oil all started out opening for these guys. No way. Which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, from from that section of the globe. Yeah, that's um, and another it. group called the Angels that I don't recognize. More like the Angles. Got them. <laughs> Did I read it wrong? Uh, no, I'm kidding. The British English spelling. Um, <laughs> that would suck if the difference was where the L lies. <laughs> oh man. Um, um. Yeah. So these guys are. Yeah, definitely were a novelty act that I think tried to go straight, and here they are trying to do that. They got some weirdness to them. Yeah, um, but what they kind of have here is mm -hmm. like goth rock. Yeah, 
yeah. slash like prog. It's kind of weird because it starts out with like basically they're doing this like kind of kooky like weirdo stage performance with this like tick guitar sound. I think it's a guitar. It might be synth. There's a lot of synths on here. I think it is because when the synth comes in to give that really rich and they're just doing like a weird voice. He's just from New Zealand. Oh, that's just what they sound like in New Zealand. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't been there, so I wouldn't know. No, um, they all sound like that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then, like, later on, just goes into, like, basically prog rock, right? Yeah. Like, they get the synth, they get the, like, extended guitar solos and, like, heavy guitar. Um, it's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it kind it... of reminds me. Of mm-hmm. war in that they like do some wacky stuff, but they stay yes. focused. For sure, yeah. They're like, we have a lyric sheet. Yeah. We <laughs> are gonna stick to it. Yeah, and they really do. They're making that synth work to set up this sort of like unsettling, like kind of goth tone, along yeah. with that TikToking guitar. Like, yeah, they they really are painting a mood here. Um. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Like 1979, it's it's right up my alley. Yeah, it feels like early. It feels ahead of its time, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. It might be like a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. It's what I do think is that they <laughs> they have these moments they set up to like really go big, and then they never fully meet that. They're they like every day, and you're like, oh, we're getting big now. We're about to hit something, and then it just drops right back down. You're like, oh, okay. Some of the guitar sound though, like, like, get. Yeah, we get a bit of it. I guess I was just expecting some like fly off the handle shredding or something because they right some like real like building stuff. Although yeah, feels proggy. For sure, yeah. Like around one forty, you get into your first guitar solo section. Oh man, yeah. There's a lot of that. There's also there's a section. Uh, they kind of like chant where he gets like a. Where is it? Yeah, I think it must be the breakdown verse, um, four, where they like break it all down and start to like chant kind of. They just, like, red do- yeah, around like two fifty, I think I've got here. Once it painted black door and t- yeah, and they like sing over and that line and there's like a cowbell going the whole time. And, yeah, like, the, the synth, of course. So you know they get some real like good tension there. Honestly, I yeah I this one was cool. Yeah, they pull an extra minute and a half out of the song, and it's I think it's well worth it. It's a good ride. If you're into that sort of thing, which I am. Yeah, a little little prog action. You know what I'm not into though is the the famous massive band U2 in 1992. Yeah, this isn't a spy plane. Yeah, what the hell? This is a band. Um, have we never directly talked about YouTube before? Uh, we have. Uh, this is why. This is like half the reason <laughs> I put them on. I was like, I don't think we've ever actually talked about YouTube. We've talked about YouTube the band various yes. times for various reasons because they're a popular band. They're, yeah, they're a big band over you know? decades. But like, I don't think we've talked about a recording of theirs. No, never. Until now. 
until now. So this so is the Irish you rock band so you, from so Dublin. You, you don't like U2 very much? Is that what you said? No, I like the one live version of Sunday Bloody Sunday. Right, Sunday Bloody Sunday. I like, yeah, I'm not really that into U2 overall. I like some of their mm-hmm. songs. I mean, like their like some of their hits are good. Like with or without you's pretty good. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Beautiful days, all right. Yeah, they're I all just up, a bit. I grew like, up with like Grammy nominees, 2000, I think it was. Okay. So I listen, used to listen to Beautiful Day a ton. Right. <laughs> Old CD. Yeah, anyway. I used to to sing that to Greta every morning when we woke it's a up. Beautiful day. As I opened the curtains. <laughs> um, they also recently did a big concert at the Sphere thing. Oh, yeah, Vegas, the Las Vegas Sphere. Which, uh, I mean, is a pretty impressive uh, thing. Uh, it seems like it would be very bright. But not like that my Vegas th- is known for not being bright. Not being bright. Yeah, I would be very intimidated <laughs> Vegas, to live Vegas, famous place you can see the stars from. No. That's right. <laughs> the stargazing city, <clears throat> Las Vegas. <laughs> um, problem with you 2 though, similar to Guns N' Roses, is like it doesn't take that long to play five songs. So how are they having a three-hour concert? <laughs> yeah, you know I don't. I've never been like going through U2 songs. Well, there's not as that much differentiation for me. But I'm yeah. not a huge U2 fan, so. Um, but what's going on in this one? This not one's got cheek. It's got they cheek. They off cheekily because okay, they don't yeah. play the riff. They That's play right. the opening riff from Heartful of Soul instead. Ah, because they're cheeky and they want us cheeky. to know. They know history. That's good. That's I love a bit of pretentious rock. Yeah. Yeah, we know the original rag rock. Shut up, you two. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun because I got it. Um, <laughs> I did because I'm a fucking idiot. But uh, it is what what is interesting about it is they don't actually play the riff on a guitar until like two minutes in or something like that. Right. I think I was just too neat. focused on the guitar tone because all I can ever think of is that uh, it might get loud documentary. Right. Where the edge is like, check out these fucking fifty pedals I've got. Yeah. It's like he's this got, is like, all he's I'm got playing. A huge effects rack. It's like yeah, and it's all like in like a wheelie rack thing so mm-hmm. and he like is just like turning all these knobs and he's got his text and whatever and they're adjusting things and it's like this is my guitar sounds like wah, 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 wah. yeah so he does all kinds of stuff with effects famously does, the yeah, edge. He, yeah that's his big thing is effects you're getting that <clears> on that really crunchy guitar that... um yeah it's uh did i write anything about the sound no not really <laughs> it just sounds sounds very much like the the edge to me yeah, I buy that. I buy it for a dollar. Um, Bono, what's he doing vocally here? It sounds a bit. It sounds a bit like I don't know, not that great to me. Don't like his voice. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like Bono like, to me. I, I I maybe don't. I like it when he's talking about the resistance, oh, the revolution back home. He's doing a doing a Bono thing. I don't know. I didn't yeah, say much it's... about the vocals. It just sounds like Bono. Um, I guess maybe that's my problem. Is like. <laughs> This is song has a very clear. This is a song. I'm Italian now. This is a song. Yeah, it's <laughs> like very. A, it's very you too, right? Like yeah. They I'm, they there's like they put a ton of layered guitars in. Um, and I didn't write them all down because at this point my brain was very tired because right. I was a little more sick on Friday. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was just yesterday. <laughs> Damn, Alex. Um, and like they do, they like add more parts between A and B. That's kind of their ex- escalation. Yeah. Uh, as they go. They just add more and more like guitar parts, um, and then they do 
yeah, later on, I mentioned when like the guitar actually plays the riff. That's they do. I think the fourth verse, and then the guitar like does a verse on its own, basically, which is just the riff. Uh, right. Maybe not a verse on its own. Uh, and it's just this really like dark sounding guitar, lots of echo, very fe- heavy filter, um, and then it does some soloing. But yeah, other than it does, um, what's the other thing? Right. The other thing they do uh, between the A and B sections is like they flip on a bunch of effects kind of thing. Right. So like, B section is like a ton of like flanger, I believe it is. Might be a chorus thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's flanger. Um, and there's a lot Could, going on. So listen, it's like, with it's the edge, edge it's stuff. probably both. It's edge stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of both and a little more. Because he's got a lot of effects. Yeah, it's just like, look at how hi-fi U2 is. It's just to say, like, exceedingly so. Yeah. Whereas the original has this element of, like, adventure being like, I don't know, we got a star in here, and we're, like, we're just doing what we can in the studio. It's not lo-fi by any means, but it feels a little closer to rock and roll, the concept, than just the genre. But yeah, it's U2. It's it is U2. The outro. You how, do you, how do you feel about the outro? It just feels like they're like shouting. Yeah, they're shouting it. You get a and little that's, bit of that. Like they don't have thing. the they didn't have anything you know to give us that. They didn't earn the scream. They're just like, no. I don't know, we were U2 before, now we're screaming U2. I'm just like, all right, guys. Okay. I'm just going to play a song with the I Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, I don't know. Just not that into it. That could be it. I think they got, I think, like I said, U2 has some okay songs. I don't think this cover really speaks to any of those strengths. Yeah, I think this was just like either a single or an unreleased recording from the early So 90s. it was the B-side to the, to the single, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses? And it was re-released in the 20th anniversary edition of Akhtung Baby in 2011. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So that's your, that's mostly what I know U2 for, is their album Akhtung Baby being referenced by... Clafier Gavin in uh, <laughs> Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney. That's the that's the reference. Yeah. All right. Chad, this version exists. Let's talk yeah. about a different band. Gob! Gob. 1999. Who we, I believe, have talked about before. Um, have we talked about them on? I don't know. We've talked about them personally. We've definitely talked about them personally. Uh, I recently talked about yeah. them. They opened yeah. for Billy Talent in Calgary last weekend. Okay, nice. Uh, and Ronald, friend of the pod, friend of the saw pod. Billy Talent, and uh, and he saw them. Yeah, <laughs> sick. I would, I would go see Gob live more yeah. so than Billy Talent. My sister saw Gob open for Ava Levine in like two thousand. Four? Something like that. (laughs) It's probably a better time to see Gob. That was a little more in their heyday. Or maybe three. It would have been right before I got NHL 2004. Oh, yeah. Was 2003. they they had a song in. That's when Foot and Mouth Disease came out, which is a classic album. Oh, Ellen? Come on. Yeah. That's the song that's in NHL 2004. Okay. Which is the only hockey video game I ever owned. That's the only one you need, I think. Yeah. Really. Well, it was the year that everyone, by everyone I mean me, got into mm-hmm. hockey because Calgary did well. Every, oh, I do remember that year. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Kippersoff. That's the Yeah. I like learned God. some last names. And I was like, fuck Tampa Bay, bro. Or, yeah. Hate that city that's somewhere in the world, probably. That's, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't point it out on a map to you, but <laughs> fuck those guys. Oh, the puck went in. Um, 
Um, the punk went into this one, though, Alex. Canadian yeah. punk rock band from Langley, B.C. Formed yep. in 1993. This band is as old as you or I. Yeah, I didn't realize. By the time my sister saw them, they were 10 years uh, going, going 10, for 10 years. 10 years a band. Um, you like Gob, Alex? <laughs> I don't... Honestly, this is this is a decent version. Yeah, I I like a bit of gob. I like I give up the grudge, you know. Uh, I, uh, oh, Ellen's got some. It's the only oh, one because what it's can in, I do? In the video game. Uh, That's right. Some nostalgia value for me. Okay. This was a CD that when my sister Ruby was done with it, she gave it to me, and I was like, "Sick, all right." <laughs> Play this on my CD player. Yeah, I don't have uh, much connection to gob other than every time they come up, I'm like, "Yes." I know that. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm excited. I know they're Canadian too, which gets me jazzed up. But yeah, yeah we got. Come on, this is simple. What's what's more rock than rock? Punk rock, easy, <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy. Um, so they do. I mean, they do the the punk rock conversion. It's not 100 percent straightforward. Uh, they got mm-hmm. some cool stuff. Uh, like in the opening, they kind of have two guitar sounds going on. Um, yeah, possibly on the same guitar. I'm not 100 percent sure, uh, but it's different channels for sure. So it seems to be different tracks. Um, yeah, but they, they do the riff like, on guitar, yeah. but they also add a drone, which is a very like sitar thing to do, right? Because the mm. sitar kind of has a built-in drone. <clears throat> if you're playing it right, I think I, I don't know exactly how it works, but there's a lot of strings on it, right? Yes, um, and there's like a gourd. Yeah, it's you know it's a watermelon or a pumpkin or yeah or something or something. It's probably I, anyway. A coconut. Uh, water, a watermelon. I don't think it's a watermelon. <laughs> I think he said watermelon. I mean, you he know, said watermelon. Richards, I just think he's it, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, it's probably fucking watermelon or something. It's like oh, I don't right, know, geez. watermelon, an orange, <laughs> some kind of fruit. It's got, we were eating fruit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the M and M's were just orange. I don't know. Um, where they Reese's Pieces. So, yeah, they smash up a bunch of M&M's and dry them out in the sun. What are you talking about, Keith? <laughs> sitars, man. This is a sitar. That's a sitar. It's how you make a sitar. It's, it's mostly chocolate. That's why it's so fragile. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, so you do get that, like, yeah, there is, like, this weird drone. I think it must must be two guitars or some great effects yeah, work. two tracks, at least. But I yeah. think it's a pretty cool way to handle that, to make it, like, push it in that sitar direction yeah um and of course they have their a b section so a section you get your really fast drums and the like like muted guitar chugging and then you get your b section the drums break out into the rock beat the guitar opens up into the like larger distorted chords yeah that's how you do it um oh yeah really steely tone on those bass strings you can really hear it oh yeah nice down low in in that punky way yeah yeah um they do a cool thing well we're not there yet uh breakdown verse uh yeah. the breakdown verse is cool like they bring the drone back for that so that's cool um the other thing they do that i thought was really neat is and that like hasn't really come section. up a lot yeah uh yeah not a lot of people deal with that deal with it they like they kind of they do the like marching thing kind of but a badum but a badum which they, is kind they, of like a metal thing to do the but a badum and the you know the, Yeah, like, we just talked about strumming. that in a metal cover like last week, I'm pretty sure. Oh, what well, one was that? It was it was in We Didn't Start the Fire. It was, I believe, <laughs> Nikki Puppet. Or right, it might have right. been Michael Cavanaugh did this like exact 
drum beat. And then they kind of do that like marchy thing. But then, and they do the humming where they they just like have a, they make it big because there's a lot of voices, but also like they kind of make it quiet as well. Yeah. So it's sort of this like background hum, which kind of makes it very like sinister, which I thought was cool. Yeah, like you get a big choral effect, and some of them almost sound like zombies. They're like, <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's spooky. Yeah, it's good. So cool. Very cool thing. Uh, way to go, Gob in the 90s. Yeah. Hey, uh, they gob it, bro. They gob it. They gob it going on. <laughs> they gob a ghoul. Hey. They gob a ghoul. Um, so that's cool. Uh, the other, what else they got? I just said their outro starts very suddenly. I don't, I don't remember why. <laughs> it's, yeah, they get into it. It kind of leaves suddenly, I feel like. They do one chug and, they, and get out. They, they keep the groans in for this section. Oh, yeah. They don't really they, do like, the painted, painted black. Out. Yeah. They cut everything out and just, I want to see it painted. Yeah. Painted black. Painted black. And then, yeah, the end is literally they go back to that, like, marching band. That metal marching man, dun, 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 chug, and then they're done. They do it one time and they're out. Yeah. So they did some really cool things with this one. I liked this one. Yeah, it was pretty solid. <clears throat> um, but I wouldn't walk <laughs> a thousand miles for it. We're talking oh about this, gosh. Carlton. 2002. I see a red door and I want it painted black. No colors anymore. I want them to turn black. Vanessa Carlton. I didn't realize she covered this song. No. Um, and this is from the same album as A Thousand Miles. This is her debut album. Miles. Yeah. Um, it was called Be Not Nobody. Yeah. Be Not Nobody. Anyway. That's, that's certainly a yeah, name for Yeah, Vanessa album. Carlton. I looked her up because yeah. uh, I'm a professional. Yeah. Um, I don't think <laughs> she has many other like hits. I don't know that. I don't specifically know that she's a one-hit wonder, but... But effectively name she's a second one, hit. right like she's got like i only know a thousand miles um yeah and i wasn't really sure what to expect mm -hmm. i mean i actually i did have an expectation and it was not this okay what was your expectation i don't know softer somehow softer for sure she yeah she More like, like a piano actually being in it right because she is the because i know lady. one of her songs and it is all piano yeah Two strings maybe yeah, it's there's a real like weirdness to this cover, just given the source and then given that it isn't like a soft <clears throat> piano touch. Yeah. And like she can like do a little grit, you know. A little, it's not yeah. A lot, but it's more than I was expecting, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um it's like a rock version of it, right? Like it's not <laughs> it's it's a little sanded off, like it's a little maybe a little sterile, but it's not totally yeah i find it kind of loses itself in that space because she's not willing to do like a full-on rock and roll approach right but she's not willing to fully sand this off and make it some like sad twee piano and like introspective piece yeah it's uh it's interesting it's yeah it is interesting for that reason but i i feel like ultimately it just feels like a kind of like popped up version of it like it's not outlandish there's no part of the song that i go like oh okay this is we've got a take here it it feels more like pop singer karaoke than anything else to me yeah it was there wasn't not like with gob where i'm like oh this bit is very cool like mm -hmm. <laughs> doesn't really have any of that it's like the producer put in some distorted guitars maybe she was involved i don't know 
Uh, and like there is actually like sitar. Yeah, there is a sitar sound. Um, so that's neat. Um, and then we also yeah. get like an accordion around like one twenty two. An accordion. Yeah, <laughs> it comes in the left channel. It's like. Oh, that sound. Okay, is that that's an accordion? I I oh, just you think called that's the it sitar? an accordion. Okay, I I for some reason assumed accordion. I might be thinking of the to me. It just sounds just... okay. That was the worst part to me. Yes, that sound, which I just called a bad organ, was bad organ. so rough. <laughs> it's like. They kind of bury it, so it could have been worse. But it just comes in and is like, and it's like, why did you make it make that sound? That's it's just like so. It just like grates against the rest of it. Yeah, totally unnecessary. It comes back later. It's not as bad as the for when it first comes in. in. But it's like still not. You're right. It is an organ because it hits at 154 to do a little, and that's not accordion. So yeah, that's yeah, that's an organ. But like, or like, uh, it could be like, just like a cheaper like electric organ kind of sound. It really sounds like they borrowed it from like a local pastor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's They're just, like, I see. it's just like such a strange because like the rest of the sounds are fine, mm-hmm. if not incredible. And then this comes in, and it's like, oh, why? Yeah, it's it, what is like otherwise like an al- a song that's just filling out an album, really. Like, I don't think she released it as a single. I don't think there was a big, like, emphasis on this. It's like, Right, it's yeah, fine. it's filler. Yeah. It's filler. Her pro- producer was probably like, hey, you should do, like, an old person song. She's like, yeah. I like Even if she was like, I just really like this song and I want to do it, they only let her because yeah. they were like, we just need another song for They're the like, album. we do like, need one more track for the album. She's like, I'm going to do Paint It Black. Yeah, we'll, put some, we'll get someone to play organ on it. It won't be a big deal. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's it's just not like, fine. Actually, my, my pastor really wanted to have a part in this. He helped me a lot. And <laughs> like, like, fine. Okay. Get him to play some chords. <laughs> Get him to play the chords. Um, she is on Broadway these days. On Broadway. Uh, or she was as a, like in a musical called Beautiful, Carol King musical. Okay. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is like, that checks out to me based on like the now two songs of hers I know. I'm like, yes, that is like enough range for broadway i think like she's enough she can do the like broadway rock thing right yeah she's I'm got like, yeah, enough okay. grit for she the... can like do the like kind of like straight grit if that makes sense yeah um like you boat. know she can do the the ham <laughs> what what hamilton is to rap she can do to like hard music yeah i'm like yes that makes sense. make it digestible for a broadway audience she's in the right area so yeah. I honestly, I thought it was like pretty straightforward, decent overall, but yeah, not not really amazing. Yeah, I don't think it's it's good. It's, it's damning enough to be like bad job, Vanessa Carlton. Nor yeah. do I think it's like, oh, no, she's fucking exactly. got something here. It's like, yeah, um, this is your first album, and you're yeah, you know, it's a it's a good song. You do a fine enough approach. Yeah, but, but I definitely like didn't really know what to expect going in, and no, I was kind of surprised. I don't know what to expect with our 2023 cover, Duran Duran. Yeah, who we just like keep talking about, even we though we didn't we didn't talk about them as much as we could have. Yeah, um, well, that's their fault. They got to release their album on time. Yeah, but they didn't put their album out when they said they would, or the single at least, because um, yeah. they did a cover of Psycho Killer on this same album, 
Um, yes. And we didn't talk about it because it wasn't out yet. It was supposed to be, though, I think. Supposed to be. Uh, and it came out like fuckers. a week later. Um, so Duran Duran, who we keep talking about, uh, recently did this cover of Paint It Black. They fucking love covering stuff. They do. There's a few covers on this. Obviously, the two we talked. Is this all covers? It's no, all it's covers. Not. Oh, it's covers and I think redos of original Duran Duran songs. Okay. What's is Dance Macabre one of their songs? Is that a new song? Because that's the name I of the album. I think that is the name of the album. It is. I, I don't even fucking remember. I don't know. All I remember songs. is I read a quote where one of the guys was like, "Turns out we accidentally made a Halloween album." <laughs> and yes, they did. Yeah. Pick Psycho Killer. Paint it black. Um. All caps? It's in all caps. All caps. Are there, yeah, for some reason, they're hammering the caps. It's like, I mean, I think we've even talked about this before. It seems to be a trend mm. with albums these days where, like, either your songs are all caps or all lowercase. You have to, like, right. pick one or the other. Pick one or the other. Yeah, it's just, like, I to make know, it man. more visually interesting. I don't it's, it's, like, uh, it's like putting a sitar in your pop song. Yeah. It's, it's a trend. Just, it's Let's complain about it. It's a trend. Um, um, this does sound derivative of Norwegian wood, though. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, this is basically just Norwegian wood. This is basically just the Beatles. So I guess the first thing I want to talk about, because we have talked about Duran Duran and their covers so much, sure. is they always, for some reason, want to change the lyrics. Okay. Tell me about the lyric changes. Okay, so I didn't write them weird. down. Um, I think I did write them down here. Because um, The first one he says is, I say painted black. I see a red doll. I say painted black. Fine enough, whatever. Um, no colors anymore, so just turn it black, I think is what he says. Yeah, like change them a bit, but not enough to matter. And then he turns one thing into a little bit of like dialogue. He's like, I see you people turn your heads, and then he shouts, Quick now! Look away! And that's like a that's fun. I kind of like that one. It's yeah, they really a little do sarcastic the in more this role. Like, <laughs> they and they kind of go for a more theatrical thing too, right? Yes. Um, um nor no more will my deep sea shade turn a, a a deeper blue. Maybe now this dark thing will start happening to you. I don't know what to make of that. I I feel like they missed. I mean, I think like like we said, we kind of missed what the song is about, even though it is very plain faced. Right. Like I think they're just like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like dark stuff happening. Make dark it stuff. Make it they're spooky. Like, let's let's make, make it spooky, spooky, and let's not tell people that something bad has already happened to them. Let's just say it might happen. Oh, oh, um, yeah. There's a lot of synths. Yeah, right off the bat, this boom, 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 boom. The riff boom, boom. on a synth. Yeah, there is guitar. They. This is more like we talked about how. Um, the Mother Goose one was kind of gothic. This yeah, is more this is... modern, obviously. This is more in that like goth vein of like we're doing synths. We got like real saturated vocals, like super echoey. Yes, it feels for sure. more goth. And yeah, um, Duran Duran yeah. is more willing to drop the guitars in favor of synth, right? They're that yeah, kind of group for sure. So that does um, bring you more of this. Interestingly, sound. there's a live version from about a year ago that they did of oh. this, and it's much more like guitar driven. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a Halloween night concert they did, <laughs> and they're all Wait, dressed up. Are Duran Duran trying to position themselves as like the the go to guys for Halloween? Um, they're not doing a very good job if they haven't covered the Monster Mash. The the Monster Mash, and you need some Screaming Jay Hawkins in there. Oh yeah, I mean maybe next year. 
Maybe they, if year. they start to release albums every Halloween, I would I would <laughs> say that that is an incredible and strange move, and they should do it because I, I, I hope they think do. About Duran Duran that much, yeah. <laughs> Trying to be I don't the Mariah know. Carey's of Halloween. It's so weird that we've been talking about Duran Duran as much as we have. It's very strange because we also they have just not talked about a up. single original. Yeah, they're just somehow like in the mix. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about Rio or something. Uh, I, w- I would probably do Hungry Like the Wolf first. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. We should talk about the Living Daylights. There you go. The uh, we could have during our, <laughs> we our James could've, Bond yeah. month, but we we did not. Um, um, yeah. I don't have much heavy, else to really say about gothic. this one. It's. I think it's of, of the the Duran Duran covers we've even talked about. I think this one's pretty solid. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the because yeah, I, I think they hit the spooky tone. They accidentally make they a Halloween do. album. This is basically a Halloween song that yeah. we're talking about like a month later. Um, for listeners, for us, for it's been a week. For us, it's been like a week. I'm still eating Halloween candy. I just made a yeah. Reese's Pieces reference because I literally have a bag of them on my desk. Hey, you crush those up. Dry them out. <laughs> Dry them out. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you got to sit on <laughs> Yeah, it's. I like the quick now look away like bit of, of theater in here. Um, the lyric changes are weird and strange, but ultimately, they don't hurt that much, so it's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it just makes it kind of weird and strange. Yes. Which is fine, if you're going to Which is fine. Spooky. And we're, we're at a tight two and a half minutes. Uh, we got the big backing vocalists on this. Oh, painted black! It's, yeah, it's pretty solid, I think. Yeah, you know what this song doesn't have? A visualizer on YouTube. No, it doesn't. I, I thought there would be, because they did have one for Psycho Killer. Yeah, which I watched, and it was very repetitive. <laughs> Yeah, that's those ones they like have a like a loop of things they go through. Yeah. Anyway, not that big a deal. No, it's time for us to go through our loop of things we do to wrap up an episode, starting yeah. with our final verdicts. We got three categories today: <laughs> the worst version, the best version, the best. And the, the darkest version. The darkest. Uh, Alex, what's the worst version of this? The worst version of this. Song. The worst version of this. Oh uh, man. The worst I can see version? you giving this to Eric Burden. I would believe it. Well, I can't. I can't give it to Eric Burden because he okay. didn't even cover the song. <laughs> um, I am probably gonna give it to. I can give it to Vanessa Carlton. Not that it was terrible, but it was kind of not much That's of fair. anything. Yeah, it was a bit. Like we called it filler, and it it feels that way. It feels like filler. Um, what also felt like filler to me was U 2s version. U two is a close second. It's <laughs> a close second. Those yeah, those are both kind of like the flattest ones. Because as much as you can say Eric Burden didn't cover, uh, you know, painted black in the traditional sense, it's, <laughs> he, he, he hit something a little different that I I kind of vibed with. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna give worse to that. I think U two yeah just didn't land for me. And these guys are you know giants of music. Give me something that feels like you you know and care about music that's what i say there alex what's the best version of this what's the best version of this i think my favorite was mother goose they really had some like spooky vibes some solid spooky vibes uh some cool like proggy stuff going on yeah and yeah what more can you ask for Uh, yeah i think they do have a solid take i'm gonna go with with gob just a bit of punk rock. Yeah, it's a simple, standard yeah. solution. They do a little, like, punk rock plus. Like he said, it's not just a direct chug and yep. plug your way through. Yep. But yeah, I'm, I'm a dummy, so you go, like, here's a classic song. Now it's punk rock. I go, like, mm, that's good. Oh, yeah. That's great. 
Yeah. Oh, they Pretty really bring the truth out of those. And the truth? Fuck. All right. <laughs> That's me. Alex, which one of these is like the darkest? The darkest. Uh, Vanessa Carlton again. No. Yeah, um, spooky shit there. Same man. joke. Ian Anderson. No. Um, you could say that because it is a little like that. they it's would like kind of detached. Yeah. Um, bum, 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 bum. What is the darkest version? It did of this? spook me when I first saw it, but spooky and dark not necessarily the same thing. I mean, I'm gonna give it to Gob just for the like chance section. Oh yeah, that's pretty tight. I that's think that gets one. it for for darkness. 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 Yeah. So that's way good. to go, Gob. We deserve a tip of the hat for that little bit of recording. That little bit of recording. Yeah, like one of the only guys who tackled the 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 humming section. The yeah, and they made it really cool. Yeah. They didn't just great. do it straight or anything. Nice. Hell yeah. Um I'm gonna give it to Duran Duran. They're spooky. They're all capitals? That's dark. They're spooky boys. They're spooky boys. Listen, I'm giving it up for the future queens of Halloween. Duran Duran. <laughs> Duran Duran, yeah. We'll look forward to it. We're look, look looking forward, forward to, to that Monster Mash cover, guys. Yeah. We're looking forward to Two Dance, Two Macabre next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that does it for our final verdicts, though. If you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on the app, formerly known as Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We are on Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, uh, the other ones, Amazon Podcasts. We're kind of on Spotify. Rate, review us. Tell your friends, neighbors, loved ones, enemies. What you can do this week to really, really push us out there is um, if you're like an art student, or even if you're not, just make a black painting and then title it Cover Me Podcast with a, a, a URL link in there or a QR code and get yourself in a gallery. Paint it black. See, you get it? Black. Come on, guys. It's not hard. <laughs> that does it for today's episode, though. And as we always say on Cover Me, I have to cover me until my darkness goes.